you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. Less than 2% of North America's working music producers identify as women, non-binary, or trans. That statistic sucks. Let's change it. Join me, your host, Lana Winterhalt, on the Good and Plenty Producers Club podcast as we chat with producers and audio engineers from across Canada to explore their creative process and offer encouragement for the next generation of producers and audio engineers. Follow along on Instagram and Facebook at GP Producers Club or find us at goodandplentywpg.com. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. For people who've been listening uh, over the last uh, few months, I haven't recorded a lot of new episodes, so I'm really happy to be kind of getting back into the swing of things uh, now that it's the new year. Um, this episode is with someone who was on the show last year for the first time, and uh, it's cool to have you back. I always like having people back, um, especially when they're doing interesting stuff, and you clearly are. I mean, we'll talk about it in a minute, but uh, it's especially interesting to have someone on and talking about sort of a different aspect of what they're doing creatively. Um, so it's not just like we're having the same person on talking about the same project over and over again and the guest on this episode is someone who has a lot of projects going on um so i think that the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and maybe give it a background about what it is that you do musically because i know there's a lot happening um i'm Jonas scott um i go by the artist name van allen um and i'm the owner operator of a new label called ancient raven records and yeah exactly just that just trying to kind of dive into different aspects of the industry um things being uh independent driven so kind of seeing how um how the industry's changed over the years and over the decades uh where an artist and a label relationship should kind of um be in the 21st century and it's kind of changed i think so trying different strategies now that are um a little bit unique but i think they're kind of the way of the future of how things should be going and representing people more as like um, a third party that kind of stands back and allows the artists to represent themselves and take some control over the uh, the management side of things of themselves and, and the industry. So, yeah. When when I talked to you last year, was this all sort of something that you had in the works, like you were planning to, to start doing, or is it something that came about later? Yeah. No, I, I've had the idea and the concept for quite some time. Um I was fortunate enough to work with uh, another company out here, another label that um, started up and doing their own uh, uh, production and records and things like that and working with local content. And um, I got to kind of cut my chops in the record side of things and see how that uh, the production aspect uh, works. So 
I kind of I've taken a lot of those uh, tools that I've gained in the past year and applied it to this new idea and, and concept that I've had for a while and just wanted to try and do it on my own uh, at my own pace and my own terms and um, I'm already finding it's uh, there's so much that I uh, so many different elements to the business and the company that it's time-wise is just uh, incredibly overwhelming so um, trying to find more niche find myself in more of a niche kind of thing too where um, it's focusing on specific aspects that aren't so driven on uh, like record limited run record production and, and tapes seems to be something that people are really into right now and that's really heavy so I'm, I'm pushing as much as I can to that uh, being a one-man show so yeah well, I guess the reason I asked that uh, about the sort of the timing of figuring this out is because it seems like the label just sort of launched and you had a website and everything, and then you got a bunch of tapes that have come out, you got an LP that's coming out in the summer. Like, it seems like you yeah. had this, like, instant content, which is great, but I imagine there was a lot of work kind of leading up to that point. Yeah, like, and I think, and, uh, yeah, networking, trying to network a lot more than I think I was before um, reaching out to artists in the beginning that I really... I just enjoyed whether they were friends or not um, to get like a, an idea of what they needed too. I, I reached out to quite a, a few different people, label owners, um, record production uh, management, uh, vice presidents of uh, PR companies, like different types of aspects and, and then reached out to the artist and, and got an idea of where most independent artists are finding that there's a, a bit of an issue with certain uh, distribution, whether it's or marketing, um, social media is its own beast. So there's this whole other aspect that can be touched on. But I'm looking at uh, opening the resources, uh, networking with outside of uh, Canada, as well with things like uh, a publicist in, in the UK right now that is working with me on some stuff. That So looking at broadening kind of the horizons for the Manitoba local music to get out to another scene and that's something I'm working on right now uh, quite a bit but yeah it's it's been starting with reaching out to people getting a feel and then some of them really uh, encouraged me I think or just pushed me that yeah this is a cool thing and uh, something that I figured okay now's the time to to go at it 100 percent and that's why i think you're seeing so much stuff coming out lately that's awesome well i'm glad, glad to hear it too i mean you're obviously uh you're obviously passionate about doing this i think for for local artists uh, yourself included i mean obviously you're putting out your own music which is a great way to to make that available now that you have this, yeah. this label set up but i do want to talk to you about some of the newer stuff that you have going on um some of the tapes you've released recently but I think that we yeah. need to talk about the Saul Sigurdsson record because that, I know I've talked to you about that elsewhere, but that is such a cool project. It's, um, yeah. for people who aren't aware, I guess, I guess the basics are that it's a 70s record that came out in Gimli, obviously was a big hit in the community, uh, a lot of cultural relevance to the Icelandic community, and you're putting out a deluxe reissue uh, on vinyl. So uh, how did that come about? Yeah, yeah um, I've, I've been, I've lucky... I've been lucky enough to uh, come into contact with Saul over a decade ago. I had found his album at a thrift store um, and it just, everything about it was just resonating with me. It was just this weird feeling of like, I didn't, I didn't even understand. This is kind of like pre all the, the ability to search everything on the internet. So crazy and being in this real community, not really having a good reference point of this guy and, and to know where to start to find him. 
um, like, uh, I guess, CDs and the format and the way that was back in the day. He did put out some stuff through the museum, but it wasn't uh, received as well as I think my generation picked up on some of these things like vinyl and stuff like that coming back now. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, being in contact with him for over quite some time. I had had plans to do a cover album of his whole, uh, that whole record uh, about eight or nine years ago. I know uh, Scott Nolan, uh, John K. Sampson, they uh, put together something. Uh, there was the a tribute to Lake Salsigas and the Lake Winnipeg Fishermen's, and they did the concert and they had this whole uh, thing. So it was really great to have him there. He was at that performance as well um, and got to experience some of that. Uh, he's getting to the age where um, it, it's hard to go uh, not seeing him recognized on a certain level because when you do listen to the music and listen to that album, um, it's a, a profound uh, folk album from the era of, of folk yeah. that came out of this little community um i think that all aside too there's this new generation that just like myself that had never heard it that uh really deserves a chance and, and he agrees that uh, now's a great time to to dive into it so yeah
do you think that those songs kind of in the context of 2021, uh, I mean, I assume they have a different meaning for, for the younger generation, right? Who maybe didn't grow up with, with that fishing industry being a huge part of their lives yeah. and that, that sort of thing, but they have it in their family or they have it in the community's heritage and things like that, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, and these songs, not all of them, um, but uh, recorded in the beginning of the 70s, um, but that this, the songs really stretch back quite, into the 60s and into that decade as well. A lot of these, um, like uh, Gazer Hall, one of the songs about it is talking about the Gazer Hall, um, the parties that were there. I know my family has spoken about our family and our connection to the, the town coming from that, that place and, and the Riverton Hootenannies, all the, all the songs that were kind of created by all those artists. I think a lot of them, uh, he thanks a lot of them on the original album too. Uh, people who were involved in the records and and were at those gatherings and so uh, there's people who have talked about these uh, gatherings and these events and these specific community halls that are kind of ingrained in this, into some of our Icelandic family uh, heritage. Yeah, uh, he he just kind of goes hand in hand with all that stuff. So that's where I think. Uh, the younger population too is, is knowing about him more and more that they talk to their family. If I've had people reach out and say, Hey, um, it's crazy that you're doing that. I, people that I had no idea were even had connection to Gimli or family from there um, that are saying, Hey, my, my family knew so well, uh, the performances remember in the seventies and the sixties, those Riverton Hootenannies and those, those parties. Um, that's exactly why I think it's starting to, have a new life and it's coming back it's bringing family and culture together as well so well and i like how it's someone who is um you know obviously well known especially in that community and that record i mean i'd heard of it before you know before you you started this project too uh, but uh, i think there's a lot of artists especially outside of winnipeg who have made big impacts on the manitoba music scene and who are often overlooked um you know in favor of the same artists over and over again who get recycled as the important ones. And obviously, I mean, you know, as soon as you get past the perimeter, some of the important ones in Winnipeg aren't necessarily important to the rest of the province. They, they, they may be made in a mark on one neighborhood in the sixties or whatever, and they got written about because that's where all the people were. But yeah, there, there's people like Saul and I'm sure every community has someone like that who, who really deserves to be documented. So it's cool that you're, you're bringing this back for a new generation. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, there's not one town that you go to that you don't hear some story about uh, there's somebody from that art, that community that was an artist that touched the community in some way, whether it was a song or a painting or, or something they left behind. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in a unique place now where, where some of that stuff can be preserved in this way or other ways because of the internet and because of, uh, you know, the fact that people can can find this stuff now. Uh, a lot of it's kind of yeah. gone forever. You, you hope not, but a lot of it is. But, I mean, the fact that you can track this down and track him down and, and, and get this get this rolling is very cool. Yeah, absolutely. That That's exactly what brought me to him. Uh, he doesn't live in the province anymore, too. Uh, he's a professor. He was a retired professor now, but he... Uh, was a professor at the university in Alberta, one of the universities in Alberta. Um, so yeah, I mean, he has a really strong connection with the community out here. He comes out uh, every summer. It's kind of his his uh, interlake trip. So um, connecting with family, connecting with uh, friends and loved ones, um, and then yeah, for for me to actually find him was just pure uh, chance, really through the school and contacts and things like that. And really, yeah, having to track them down 
through modern technology to see what he was up to. And that was quite some time ago. So uh, reaching out to him again now and saying, hey, um, is this something you, we'd be able to do? And he was absolutely thrilled that we could, that I was so thrilled, I think, too, about it. So yeah, we decided to go straight into it and, and get it done. So That's yeah. Awesome. To be or not to be, whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take up arms against the sea of trouble. Hey, this hamlet was a talkative part, wasn't it? I wouldn't get all this tackle in my nuts in a year. <laughs>
Well, and I mean, I, I don't want to imply that your label is only reissuing you know old stuff from decades ago because one of the things I thought was very exciting is that you put out a Smoky Tiger tape, and um, you know Smoky yeah. Tiger is is I think one of my favorite local artists, and he's a you know he's been on the show probably five times now, and I would have him on every week if I could. Like he's one of those guys that you know really is is an original in Manitoba as a character yeah. and as an artist, right? So how how did that uh, mm. connect? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Your own music. I can see some parallels. Uh, I mean, I think on the surface they're very different, but just in terms of how you present it and things like that, I, I can see that it's a good fit uh, with Smokey Tiger. So how did you yeah. how did you arrange that? Yeah, and like we, like I mean, doing the tape production and stuff like that, and doing stuff for his music, um, and like everybody too, you're forced to really get into somebody's music. You're listening to it quite a bit. You're mastering it for tape, and you're doing things that uh, force you to really focus on all the content. So, but surprisingly, we don't really talk too much about our music as much. Uh, and I think that's why, yeah, we are quite similar in the sense that we just do things so independently mm-hmm. on our own um, that maybe uh, that was just like an unspoken thing is the music. Like I didn't have to really offer him anything in terms of uh, production or anything like anything like that. Because um, he's like me, he just he'll go on his own gear and he'll do it with his own process. And so I respected that like immediately. It was one of the reasons why I really wanted to work with him. So I reached out to him just seeing where he was at with things. Um, yeah. And, and just developed a friendship as well. Um, I've got, yeah, some great gear too. We have some tapes coming on the, on the site restocks for that. Those are the ones in the limited edition blue case, but we also have a bunch of merch too. Oh, nice. We got, hats we got uh the smoky hoodies and the these are really dope cool the uh top yeah we got a bunch of stuff and uh restocking on tapes tomorrow on the website for that one we sold out on the site but you can get a hold of smoky and uh on his own social media and stuff like that if you need to get a hold of some stock i think he has some more there but yeah um wanting to really help uh, in terms of getting a local distribution going too. I think that was like the reason why I really focused on, we have the technology to reach out to anybody today. And I could have uh, did the shopping cart thing and kind of picked and choose from all over the place if I wanted to, and really focused on that kind of aspect. But knowing that there's this strong local uh, music community here already, um, trying to be like somewhat of a smaller scale distribution house. So, wanting to work with artists who are uh, independent, pr- producing their own merchandise and wanting to get it out there. So um, using this as a platform as well to to uh, get their stuff out as well, like a, a third arm for distribution kind of thing. Well, I think that's a pl- that's an area where a lot of people who are independent artists struggle with. Is I mean, they can make the music, they can put it online, but especially when it comes to physical product, I think a lot of people in this day and age don't really know what to do with it. I, I mean, not, not, not I don't know what his yeah. uh, position is on it, but Smokey Tiger, I, I know his last few albums were released only digitally, whereas before he'd been doing yeah. CDs as well. So I think that it's, uh, it's kind of a sticking point for some people, and it's nice to see that uh, you're kind of offering that for people doing that niche yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah, they, and knowing that there's still this, um, the, you're getting a digital download with a cassette, for example. Yeah. Um, it's great incentive to, uh, yeah, not 80% might not even have the cassette player. They're going to get the digital download, um, but the cassette is the incentive of bringing music back to being this 
physical thing. Um, I really wanted to do that with some of my own music. And then, yeah, a lot of the artists uh, started responding to that on a bigger scale of like, oh, that's cool. I think what he's doing is it's independent, but it's taking it a little bit more seriously. It's taking to a step of um, uh, that's kind of why as an independent artist, you almost want that representation that's not you, the artist as well. You want yeah. to have something like a business that acts on behalf of those things. So I think that's another great aspect for some people who want to stay independent um, in a sense, but they don't really want to have to uh, sacrifice all their time to doing all these different things. And that's where, uh, as a distribution house, it works out perfectly. Um, the, um, if they already have merchandise that's already produced as well and yeah. they want a place to push it. Um, and then quality, like we try and, and I'm just trying to really bust out um, like just good presentable nice and good sounding tapes um and we use uh type two right now i've been running out of stock quite a bit lately but um just basic type two and then we'll go ahead and put some the label sticker yeah. on them um yeah and then you're gonna you're gonna love this nice i did a test print today i had to get some stuff but then there's little things like adding um like a, a back flap that comes in the back of the case that yeah. has the back list and it actually folds out into a poster. Uh, and that's, that's something I think that like people are missing a lot of the time. I mean, as someone who has never left physical media, like uh, I feel like I need that. Right. I mean, one of the reasons I haven't yeah. switched over to, to digital, not that there's anything wrong with streaming or whatever, but the reason I haven't switched over is because I have this kind of tactile obsession with needing to be looking at something and holding something when I'm listening to music. Mm -hmm. And so having that yeah. extra element, reading it on the screen, seeing the credits on the screen of the lyrics or an image is fine, but it's not the same as being able to, you know, open it up, fold it, uh, unfold it in your hands and, and see the artwork and see the kind of care and um, time that's been put into to creating something like this. So it's, it's, it's very cool that you're putting effort onto that end of it too, on top of just, just making the music, right? Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, that's really what it is, is trying to really, um, if you're going to do, like I'm not at the scale quite yet, but I'm starting to realize that um, if I could hire somebody else and afford to, I would because... Um, yeah amount of time it takes to do something like that it does it just takes a lot of care and and uh, attention to detail which i love doing um and it's uh that uh, attention to detail produces a good quality and i think that's what um on a consumer level that's what people have been liking is that they see this tape and they look at it and they're like whoa this where did this come from like um, a lot of people too i think that are in the tape community which is a small like cassette culture thing, yeah. but um, they see it and they're like, who produced that? And they're wanting to know, okay, well, it's not this person, not that person. So they're like, oh, he's making his, this is coming from his own thing. So yeah. it's not like this uh, DIY look. It almost looks like it's, yeah, this is done by like a pro thing. So, and it is, the audio quality is quite pro. Well, and for people who are into tapes, I mean, I'm one of them. People who, there, there's definitely local labels that I've, bought a tape at a show or something and then realized it was on a local label and then tracked it down and bought a bunch of other stuff over the years from those labels because yeah, yeah. you want to find out. I mean, whoever is doing the label is curating something that you dig, right? So it's like, oh, well, I need to 
to look into this more. So how, yeah, having that kind of uh, style to it also helps because it's not just a tape with a you know name written on it in Sharpie, which you know having been in punk bands and stuff that's cool too. But there, there's a certain like professionalism and stuff that that comes with having a having a look and a feel to it that people will recognize and want to hopefully get more of. Yeah, and you can get creative with that too. Um, uh, major labels won't think outside the box or even uh you know mid-level independent labels it's hard to once the formula is working you just follow the formula and and hope that it's just monetary and it, it grows slowly yeah um and like major labels aren't even worried about some of this stuff that's going on but for somebody that's on the scale that i'm at um, being able to produce things um that are unique and different and thinking outside the box of how you're going to present them like um, distributing your music into uh, your tapes into thrift stores for the first uh, week, uh, a small number uh, locally, because right. you know the consumer basis uh, of what you're selling is probably that those thrifty younger types that are already picking the vinyl and the tapes at those places. And if they come across one of these new tapes, it's a great way to bring them to the site. Um, and just a unique way of finding new content too. Yeah. Um, I've done that already with a few tapes is just kind of, instead of picking that day, I went out and just slipped a couple tapes in. Haven't heard anything back yet, but um, I mean, little things like that, wanting to create a bit of a relationships, they're unique special edition ones. So you can kind of communicate directly with that label. Like you found a little treasure or something like that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Actually. It's, it's a cool way of doing it. Mm.
just thinking about the amount of time you're putting into this, uh, and like you said, it's you know if you could hire someone else, you would. How has this affected uh-huh. your own ability to make your own music? Have you been? I, I know you put out a tape recently of some more of your stuff, which yeah. is cool. But have you been yeah. sort of trying to juggle that side of creativity and then the label side? Yeah, like I definitely am taking a lot of time on the label, and and it, it does take a toll uh, creatively. Um, Although it it didn't really slow, I think something just happened. Maybe it was the whole um, the whole situation of lockdown and everybody for the last so long that really pushed so much content out so quickly. Um, You just had so much time to think and stuff. And for me, it really is just this therapy process. There's some things I've uploaded to YouTube that are uh, you know streaming some records and just kind of playing along to them, Um, or yeah, just showing the process of how some songs are written and it might be a 45 minute little uh, jam or something like that, but filming it and uh, those kind of things are all there. It's all therapy really. And just trying to, I guess, bring people in and get people involved in that. And so the products of all that is something like, yeah, a record. So I did, I did have the ability to produce enough to come up with another tape. Um, I've, I was mentioning earlier that, uh, I've been in contact with a, a PR company that's from London or they have offices in London and yeah. LA and that's their kind of, um, it was through my own music and this most latest release that I got in touch with this person. They got in touch with me about uh, working with them. So um, I'm trying to kind of utilize, you know, both facets of this situation where being an artist and then, an independent label owner that has some cool content creators that I'm working with uh, to see how I can broaden this horizon for everybody, not just myself. So um, my, I pulled some of my stuff. This is unfortunate. I did pull some of my tape stuff. uh, It's a way of doing things independently too. I'm sure a lot of independent artists know that you don't have those people holding you back and telling you like, uh, let's wait on it. Uh, we got to do some PR work. We got to do a bunch of stuff. Let's yeah. shop this around. Let's, um, and you're not thinking that, right? And, and and I really wasn't thinking that too. But this one uh, individual approached me is a really genuine person, or she seems very genuine. Um, her label is quite reputable, reputable, or her agency. So it was an opportunity I really wanted to utilize. So uh, sacrificing a bit of that last minute, pulling some of the music down and. Uh, waiting on this next release i might even uh redesign the layout of how these songs are going to be structured for a new release and okay. but this will be marketed on a much bigger level cool um and probably uh outside of uh well of course like reviews and things like that and and marketing it in canada but a big push to the European market on this next one, so that's cool. Yeah, I mean, like your 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 last record, the one I have the the LP that we talked about last time. Um, that's a great album. Like I I had it on my list of my favorite local albums of the year. And yeah, that's it, awesome. I mean, it well deserved spot on there too for sure. It's a, it's a really great record. Thank so you. I'm glad that you haven't stopped creating your own stuff with, with the Van Allen yeah. project because uh, I mean I'd like yeah. to hear more of it too as a listener. Um, what do you sort of have for the uh, near future planned with the label? Do you, are you, are you going to be sort of consistently putting out tapes throughout the year or do you have sort of a schedule of when you're hoping to, to make releases happen or what's your sort of uh, strategy? Yeah. For that? Um, I mean, based on the, uh, there's a lot of uh, interest. So that's why it's, it's, 
you start these things and you you're ambitious and if you don't have all the mean like i'm just not this huge factory that can bust out all these tapes and do all this stuff although i want to do these larger um quantity runs and things like that the setup that i have to get the quality of the audio that i want is still on this smaller scale to be yeah. able to bust up at that at that level so um I do have plans on looking at expanding it. There's um, some machines that I've been looking at too and tape duplicating machines that might help with the process of getting more tapes produced at the same time. But um, there's other things that I can't produce records on my own too. That's another thing, but having the knowledge of record production and doing all that stuff now um, is a great thing to offer uh, independent artists, which seems to be the way to, to do it. Um, and then also trying to offer a bit of uh, limited knowledge, but enough to to uh, put out, to strategize a, a record release that isn't going to be overblown in a yeah. sense, but so uh, profitable if you're putting in the time. Because I think that's the big thing. A lot of artists know now that the only person that really cares about my music the most is me. And if I put that same kind of attention into the marketing aspect, the uh, PR, can I get somebody to work with me? Is there a label that wants to, to work with me um, that can help? That kind of level of seriousness will produce something good. And you just have that uh, mentality that somebody that runs a business will look at and say, hey, this is somebody that I could work with, or maybe this is somebody that could go somewhere. So yeah, um, there's a lot of different things I feel like I can offer. I think it's just based on what the uh, clients who come to me and, and want things done based on what they want is what kind of where I'm trying to head. Yeah. So we'll see too. This next year is going to be probably full of stuff, but um, I know the records coming out and uh, the Saul Sigurdsson records coming out in August sometime. I can also promise exact dates with record production right now. The, of course. the, uh, the whole thing is a little nutty, but I do have the digital I don't know if you can see that. There's a digital album card that I've created that's pretty cool. Um, and it's it's in that incentive of trying to bring things back physically um, and local. Um, so the shipping cost on something like this, I'm, I'm worked out to be quite low. Uh, but instead of just getting a, a code or, uh, sent to you by email or just clicking a button, you go on, you do it yourself, and you get this little card and a little poster that comes in an envelope in the mail. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, little things like that. And then bringing back a, a, maybe some type of modern physical aspect to it, because there is like a, it does, it looks like a little album. And when you open it up, you get your code and all this stuff. There's a little sticker, and the back is the track list and all this stuff. So, yeah, um, trying to get creative with uh, different formats and, and, experiment a little bit too and i think artists like that as well yeah for um, sure things yeah because that's the kind of thing that they can't necessarily do themselves right i mean anyone can put something up on Bandcamp, but that little those little touches yeah. are, are kind of an extra extra bonus that i think listeners would like and artists probably appreciate as well as just sort of an yeah. alternate way to to get the music out there in in this format that's so kind of easy and simple yeah exactly um i went into a red apple the other day uh and I I found some cassette tapes and I was like, this is just nutty that they're selling cassette tapes here. And they were just some C60s and stuff like that, but but enough to type one tapes just to record on and they're new and yeah. they're sealed. And I'm like, okay. And I looked down next to it and they're selling this uh, 
portable, brand new, these portable uh, cassette decks. So I was like, yo, like this is like, at least it's coming back to the point where you can go and get like a $45 yeah. deck and, and you can take out your little boom box and play these tapes if you really wanted to play the tape version, you know what I mean? So it, it's accessible at least to a point now. Yeah, it's a cool culture shift how it's coming back. It's nice to see. Mm-hmm. So if, if someone wants to find out about what the label's doing, uh, hear the releases that are out there, maybe buy some of the merch, uh, pre-order the LP of the, the Sigurdsson record, what's the best way to find you online? Where do they go? Uh, uh, you just visit www.ancientravenrecords.com and you can visit the shop on there. The shop has different sections. There's a merch table, um, records, cassettes, all the different merch. I have a vintage clothing section. That's something that's uh, I've been utilizing funds to help drive some of the music production as well. Um, so yeah, if you're into vintage clothing, um, I have a, a section to sell vintage records as well. I just haven't, uh, that's another thing that I, I overly ambitious start something and I have all these ideas, but everything else picked up before I could really get uh, documenting all the records and getting that stuff up for sale. But eventually I'll have more of the vintage records up there too. So yeah, and all the merch, everything's on the, the site as well. So Awesome. Mm-hmm. 